Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Welcome back. Second hour of the show. We're from Trey Power in the final half hour. Cam Miller, Pro Football Focus, coming up in a few moments. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. You always want to deal with the best in the business and someone that has your interests at heart, not theirs. That's Purdy Insurance. They want to make sure that your interests are taken care of. Auto, home, life, business, whatever it may be, a bundle. Uh, they'll get you the best insurance so you're covered. They'll also find you the best price whenever possible. And if there's a claim, they will go to work as if it happened to them because customer service means everything to them. That's Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Talk about the best in the business. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, uh, the play-by-play call of the day. We go back to Saturday night. The first touchdown of the college football season, it was electrifying, as heard on ESPN. Tony gets a block, and he's a blazer. A dynamic guy. They'll use him all different roles. He's still going. Canarius Tony, they won't catch him. Touchdown, Gators. And Florida ended up winning the game on Saturday night at Camping World Stadium, the Citrus Bowl, as they beat Miami 24-20 in that game. A mistake-filled game, but a very entertaining game between the two. Now, how that grades out on Pro Football Focus, we'll have to find out later. But one of our features this season, and on Thursdays we'll have our high school roundtable Uh, as we always do to get you ready for the Friday games in our area. But we're also going to check in with our good friends at Pro Football Focus. Cam Miller is the one that primarily writes on the college side. He'll be the one that we'll probably talk to more often than not. And an opportunity now to find out how do they rate the guys. How do they actually come up with the numbers? And with that, we welcome in Cam Miller from Pro Football Focus. Cam, welcome. Great to have you with us. Appreciate you having me. Always happy to talk college football, but especially some uh, some mini lion football. Absolutely. So let's get to some of the some of the grading out. Uh, what influences a grade for a player? So let so we can establish a baseline for the fans, and then go through some of the other questions. So the baseline is every player is graded on every play of every game, FBS level and at the NFL level. It's graded on a scale of a uh, positive or negative from a negative two or to a positive two and then every play you know it moves the scale in increments of 0.5 so a strong tackle behind the line of scrimmage within seconds of the snap you know is going to move the needle a little bit more than a you know a tackle you know two three yards down the field so a sack depending on the speed and, and a blatant overthrow just varying levels of of different plays on the field all get graded every player every game and it's actually normalized to the uh the scale we see as as popularized by our Twitter accounts, our social media, and on our website into that 0 to 100 scale. Now, you had to have a minimum of 250 snaps to get into this. Uh, let's uh, get to the, some of the Penn State overall grades 
based on what you saw and then heading into the 2019 season. You've got Micah Parsons in the one spot for Penn State. We do. We have him at number one. He kind of—he's a guy who played all over the field last year, as, as I'm sure all the fans know. Uh, whether that was out of position or not, we'll see where his natural position fits and how how he how well he plays across there. But you know, he's a guy who does everything asked of him and does it all well. Actually, you know, only was tasked with rushing the passer 40 times, but still accumulated 10 pressures on those. So, a ridiculous uh, win rate, as we call it, to win 25% of those attempts there when he gets out of the quarterback. All right, then a guy with a really good length uh, was not a starter last year, but Tariq Castro-Fields. So, yes, in coverage alone is where he shined. Um, you know, maybe what you're, what you're saying is true, but you know, looking just directly at his numbers, he's a guy who is maybe even deserving of being in the top conversation or mm-hmm. the conversation for top guys at the position in, in, the, in the conference. So he allowed less than 50% of the targets thrown his way to be complete. He uh, did not allow a touchdown last year, which is pivotal. And then that, that all equaled a low passer rating when he was targeted of just 56.6. So all of those are up there with, with the top guys in the conference and even some of those up there with the guys in the nation. I think a lot of people, they'll hear Micah Parsons won. They'll go, yeah, because Parsons has the great reputation. But when they say he took gross Matos at three, I think there'll be some, quote, Penn State fans that would question that after watching his production last year. Yeah, so he's a guy, you know, doesn't necessarily get the popularity, but you know he's a guy that our draft analyst Mike Renner has pegged as a you know a preseason guy to watch. So that'll be in our preseason draft guide coming out. Details his and everything from his alignment to where he shined and how well he did it on a game by game basis. But that's really what we saw. It was just a consistent level of above average play. So whether that moves the needle for the casual fan, it does for us. That's why he's he's the third highest on our on our list here. Now fans are not. I don't care what anybody says. You can see what tackles do. But people really can't see what centers and guards do. Oh, I watch every single... Yeah, really? Did you watch the ball? Well, yeah, he gained 10. Well, he didn't watch all the blocking. Right? You have Michael Mennett at four. What goes into what his grade is, and why does he grade it out as well as he does? So his grade is, is with run blocking there. So obviously paving the way as a center is going to be a little bit more important as you stand out from the offensive line. He was he has plus grades across the board, so pass protection, good grades there as well, but he, he was shining in what we in our run-blocking facet for an offensive lineman. So getting the ball out, but then getting off the line of scrimmage and blowing up the guy in front of him was really where he, where he shined and why he's actually the highest-graded offensive player coming back in our qualifying standards. There's no doubt that Shaka Tony has that first step and can get to the quarterback. I mean, some may question how well in his past, he's played the run, but he's played it better and better. You have Shock at number five in your Penn State great list. Why? So I think his is actually going to be also pass rushing. Um, he's got positive grades both in run defense and then in the pass rush, but that's really where it is. So tasked with rushing the passer only on 185 snaps last year, still recorded over 20 pressures. I just think it, unfortunately for him, pales in comparison to those guys in the rest of the conference, the Chase Young, the Kenny Willickleys, the Carter Coughlins of the world, the guys that, that produce those pass rush triple doubles that we call. Right. You know, he doesn't quite have those numbers, but and that's where I think if he improves, he becomes a household name by the end of the year. Right. Interesting. So when you get to the Big Ten, Jonathan Taylor, you got him as a one. What, what does pro football focus like about him? Because I already know what I don't like about him, that is he fumbles too much. <laughs> That's the one thing dragging his grade down there. So I think if you look at his grades and look at everywhere across the board for a running back, the fumbles are the only thing that drags him down. So we could see if he, if he tightens up the, the carrying of the ball, so to speak, the pivotal element of a, of a running back, 
then we're talking about a grade that's upwards of where he's at, at right now at a 92. But he's the guy who bounces off contact, he breaks tackles, he finds the hole in the zone, takes what the defense gives him, got back-to-back seasons of 1,300 yards after contact alone. So you're talking most running backs don't even get to 1,300 yards total. Right. Right. Jonathan Taylor does it all after contact. So right. that's what we like about him the most. And if he does shore up these fumble grades, then, then we're talking about you know maybe even one of the better running backs of all time in the conference. A tackle can be exposed. Cole Van Landen, what makes him such a, an intriguing prospect? His is, his is pass protection. Also, you know, that's where you, the, the, the world of football is, is going that way. Obviously, Wisconsin a little bit different in how much they do run the ball. But his yes. pass protection there, he allowed just six pressures on 225 snaps last year. You know, the quick passing attack at Wisconsin obviously aided that a little bit. But he's a guy, a small sample size guy, that we really look to as a potential breakout threat on that offensive line. Obviously, Wisconsin has the, the documented history of sending guys to the pros, and we just think he's possibly another one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there is a documented history of them going to the pros. No question about that. All right, so now let's get to the number three guy here in the conference, and you've, you've already mentioned him, Kenny Willekes, the former walk-on at Michigan State who has obviously been uh, the guy that makes their defense go. Yeah, so since 2017, no edge defender returning to college football has more pressures than Kenny does. We're talking 112 pressures. That includes 37 quarterback hits last year, which led the nation by some margin. So while he maybe doesn't get the sacks that every other, you know, what you would expect for a feared pass rusher to get, he's getting to the quarterback more so and more often than anybody else. You know, maybe it's just scheme dependent or the teams that are playing against him know to get the ball out quick, but we're talking 37 quarterback hits is a ridiculous figure that we haven't seen before. So He's just up there, and he's another one of those guys that has that pass rush triple-double that we, that we like to call him. So we expect another big year from him. All right, so now uh, I thought Iowa had a really good defensive line last year, but I thought uh, A.J. Epinesa was the best guy that they had. You have him right here in your top four. What makes him potentially a next-level guy based on the grade that you have for him? So his length and his pass rush. He, he's, he's solid against the run. He's able to get his hands up, but he, it's his pass rushing again. And I feel like a broken record here, but that's really where it is, yeah. today's, especially today's NFL. So you have to look at the ability to get to the quarterback is going to be pivotal for a guy in his position. So for him to win upwards of 22, even over 22% of his pass rushes on smaller numbers last year than everybody else in the conference, but still put out 10 sacks, 10 hits, 26 hurries, he did all of this production on such a small snap size that if we extrapolate it out, he would actually lead the nation in all of those categories. So that's where we like him to. We like him to kind of have that next step and take that next step to the next level this year. Okay, a guy that Penn State fans will get a chance to see eventually but have not seen yet is Tyler Johnson, the wideout from uh, Minnesota. He is uh, one of only two, quote, skilled players in your top five with Jonathan Taylor being the other one. So what makes him stand out? Tyler Johnson is must-see TV. He's a guy who does it all at the wide receiver position, having pegged as not only the best crunch time receiver in the nation, and that's fourth quarter targets. he got ten touchdowns on red zone targets as well. Doesn't drop many balls. Can get any pass thrown his way, whether it's a catchable pass or not. Up there in our contested target list, literally does everything that you would want a wide receiver to do, and he does it well. And so... Unfortunately, you'll probably get to see him, Penn State fans, but hopefully, you know, if you limit him a little bit, the, the Minnesota offense will go as he goes this year. Yeah, we got Castro Fields here in your top five for Penn State, so it might be a great matchup. 
I do. Now we're already looking towards one-on-one battles. Now you got me excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So, Cam, a lot of this is geared. There's a lot of pass rushers in here and so forth. I mean, you've got, you know, you've got two potential pass rushers, uh, three potential pass rushers in your top five for Penn State. In the conference, you got two right away there. College football is different than pro football. It's different. Uh, Wisconsin runs the ball. Iowa runs the ball. Ohio State runs the ball. Right? Michigan runs the ball. Uh, is it difficult to look at a college grade when you have so many teams that still traditionally run the ball as opposed to putting it up like Washington State does 60 to 70 times in a game? So it's an interesting study and something we're actually looking at as, as to what correlates from the college level to the pro level in our, in our grading system. And it's, there are a couple of different variables here, but as long as it's an individualized grade, which our grades are, right. you really can actually project going forward with what they do and what they do well, and that's where they'll project at the next level. So guys like Epineza, Chase Young, with these incredible pass rushing grades, if, sure as is. long as they stay in a similar role at the next level, that's where they should succeed. So we've seen it with a guy like DeForest Buckner with the with the 49ers playing out of position from his college position. He had great grades in college, but then they've moved him around the defensive line there, and he has not been able to latch on. Almost same thing actually with Solomon Thomas with the 49ers. So you have guys playing out of position from grades that we've we've given them at the college level, and that's where we've kind of drilled it down and said, if, if you play a position in college and play it well, no matter how many times you see it, whether you see Wisconsin run the ball 60 times at you, and only maybe 10 passes, as long as you're doing those things well, that's going to correlate to the next level. And that's where I think these pass rushers will hear their names called in April just because of what we've seen so far. And you would then apply that to a defensive tackle, their ability to get pressures up the middle. Would that uh, allow them to get a higher grade in your mind if they have that ability? I would think so for the next level, um, especially for that projection to the NFL. Um, Unfortunately for the Big Ten, we're kind of lacking um, in yes. the interior defender uh, strong suit this year going forward, but doesn't mean somebody can't break out. Yeah, what does a quarterback need in your you know, in your grading system to then become a guy that needs a long, hard look at the next level? What what do they need to do? So what we look at for quarterback projection, is there's a couple different things. The PFF grade is actually the number one correlation. Uh, to the next level. So a guy like Baker Mayfield kind of broke our college grading system, and he's now carried that on, one of the higher rookie grades, if not the highest rookie grade, depending on the the snap count limitations or requirements you have. Uh, But what we look at outside of the grading system is actually how he fares against pressure and how he doesn't fare against pressure. So clean pocket passing is the most important element. And that's, you know, that's where you see a quarterback make all of his reads and do all of the damage as a pure passer. And so that's where things like passer rating, yards, yards per attempt, when right. he's kept clean from pressure in the pocket is where that looks forward. Because the ability that Oklahoma's had the last couple of years to get the ball downfield with Mayfield and Murray, and what Murray, I think, had 10 300-yard passing games last year, Jalen Hurts has had one in his career. How interested are you to see what he does in, with what Lincoln Riley would like to do? Well, I'm, I'm super interested just because I think a lot of Sooner fans are a little jaded in their, their belief here. They think that Jalen Hurts is going to be this third transfer quarterback in a row to win a Heisman and lead them to the Big Ten to I, the Big 12 I, championship. I think there's a new guy on campus that may unseat him by midseason. It's, it, that's all possible. There's, 
this is a this is a guy at Alabama who not only I mean yes, Tua Tungvaluwa's emergence was you know that's sure. that's be that as it may, Jalen Hurts was being called for to to be axed long before that emergence. So you're talking a guy who is a glorified running back. Some people in Alabama were calling him. He does not get the ball down the field very well, and that's documented. An average depth of target, anything over 10 yards, and he was grading negatively almost. So he does have the passing ability, and he does have the rushing ability, but I don't know whether Oklahoma fans are going to be ready for a guy like Hurts, a quarterback, <laughs> after having Mayfield, Mayfield, Murray. So. They've, they've been a little spoiled in Norman. A little a spoiled. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, tell us a little bit about your preseason draft guide. So the preseason draft guide. Going into it this year, we're looking at everything on it's up. We're over a hundred players. We're looking at their three-year grades because at this point we've got every grade from any player entering the draft that they've ever taken a snap at the FBS level. Some even FCS levels we have. So we're going to look at grades, how many snaps they've played, where they've played it. Kind of get a full write-up. Upwards of 250, 300 words for each of them. They're also then it's going to be a comparable. We're going to compare them to the positions in the draft class as well. So how highly the guy ranks compared to his peers. Plus minuses. We're going to get some superlatives. It all comes out next week as well. So it's a it's a lot jam packed full of information. Two full pages, color coded graphs, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's quite the project this season that we're really excited to unleash. But it's, a, but it's a labor of love. You love breaking down numbers and tape, don't you? That's literally I live for it. It's what I do. That's okay. The guy I'm with over here is the same way. <laughs> he, he, I mean, and, and to be honest with you, when I look at the Pro Football Focus grades and so forth. It's a nice guide for me to sit down and watch a tape. I mean, where I sit down, okay, you know, this guy graded out well or didn't grade out well. Let me see why. So it really is a really good tip-off for me as to what I should be watching. When I'm looking at an opponent, I don't, no offense no offense to you, Cam, I don't really feel like I need that with Penn State. Uh, <laughs> I'm Fair enough. Okay. okay, it's no offense. But other teams, yeah, I will. I'll take a long, hard look at it. Yeah, it does, because of the individualized grading portion of it, and obviously we have team grades that jump into there, but the individualized portion really gets to gets you to the point right away. So if you want to look at any team, you can That's look right. and see which players to watch on any daily basis. Absolutely. it's it Really, it's, it's become invaluable. Cam, thanks so much. Appreciate your time very much, your analysis very much. Really enjoyed it. My pleasure. Happy to be back. Cam Miller, Pro Football Focus. And again, that's going to be a weekly feature. We're going to take this right up at minimum uh, into January uh, with the good people at Pro Football Focus. We're making it into a weekly feature, uh, probably on Thursdays for the most part, maybe every once in a while on a Friday. But it would be a nice combination to have some Pro Football Focus talk after we have high school football talk. And uh, looking forward, by the way, to the next round of high school football coming up on Friday night. Can you believe it? Two games in August this year. Two games in August this year before we get rolling into the September games. But I will say this. Friday night was a really beautiful night. It was actually relatively cool out there. We couldn't have asked for a better Friday night in August to play high school football than what we had the other night. All right. So we got the Phillies, of course, uh, this week on News Radio 1070 WKOK. We've got Shikolami football coming up on Friday night. We also have the Nittany Lions taking on Idaho Saturday at Beaver Stadium, a 3.30 kickoff. Jack Derrick and I will be on beginning at 2 o'clock Saturday afternoon at Beaver Stadium. Andrew Luck announced his retirement yesterday. In fact, the story came out Saturday night that he announced it yesterday. He's only 29 years old, but he has been really banged up in his career. Long, tough, nagging injuries 
that he's had. Yeah. Uh, one of the uh, really, really good quarterbacks in the game, now out of the game. And if you're a Colts fan, Jacoby Brissett's now your guy. Okay, today's show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Trey Bauer, coming up in the next half hour. He's somewhat opinionated and one of the more fun guys out there as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. For nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal home and auto or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570-286-5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, final half hour of the show today. Great to have you with us. Trey Bauer in a few moments. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Best in the business, auto, home, life, business, whatever it may be, bundles, they'll find you the best insurance. You're covered, and they'll also work hard to find you absolutely the best price. And when it comes to customer service, they are number one for a reason. The customer means everything. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Speaking of another group that understands completely what customer service means. Sunbury Motors. Sean Clifford, starting quarterback for the Nittany Lions, is named uh, on Twitter uh, Friday uh, by Penn State Football. Uh, not from James Franklin's account, but from the Penn State Football account. And then eight captains also named. Clifford's one of them. Uh, Sean Clifford, uh, Pat Fryermuth, Jonathan Sutherland, Michael Mennett, Cam Brown, Garrett Taylor uh, were named among the uh, eight captains for the uh Nittany Lion football team, uh, eight captains. Some of you are eight captains. I don't care if you have a dozen captains, right? You pick as many as you think uh, should be out there representing you. It's the players' vote, 
I mean, the players are the ones who vote. Garrett Taylor and Cam Brown and Jonathan Sutherland and Blake Gilligan and and you know, Gilligan's a two-year captain now. If if that's what the players think, then fine. Those are their leaders. They pick them. All right. Well, one of the leaders of the '86 uh, national championship team and who understands all this is someone we talked to on the deck at Penn's Tavern overlooking the river. What a setting! What a restaurant! Is Trey Bauer, and we revisit with Trey Bauer in the final half hour. You're the best. I hate to say that. You're the best. You know it, too. (laughs) Good to see you, pal. (laughs) And just so we can clarify, just to get this conversation started. I wanted to, yes, I think there needs to be some clarifying remarks. Everyone in the SEC cheats except for Vanderbilt. Just let's just throw it out there yeah. because that's the those are the facts. Where does Vanderbilt usually finish? Last. Is that evidence? Uh, yes, correct. So you're yeah. you're saying like Ole Miss? Okay. So do you remember the conversation on Blue White Tailgate? It was two <laughs> three years ago. <laughs> Ole Miss number one in the country. Yeah. Mississippi State number three. Yeah. Seven weeks Dak, in the season. Dak Prescott. Yeah. Yes. And I said, they're cheating. There's no way these guys should be one and three in the country because they were undefeated. I go, they're cheating. Yeah. And I got a phone call from my son, Riley, who you know. Yep. And Riley said, Dad, you can't say that stuff. I'm like, they're definitely cheating. There's no doubt about it. And two years later, they're both on probation. <laughs> so let's just stop. Stop the insanity. Now, you won't claim another institution is cheating. You just don't like them. Notre Dame. Well, I mean, they're cheating because obviously none of those guys can get into that school. I was a Catholic, and I can say that. Like, it's a really good school. Okay, but they, on their own merits, that's not happening. They're not, no. In a moment of point-counterpoint, we had uh, your esteemed colleague, Keith Conlon, on in the Okay, he's Saturday. not my esteemed co- colleague, by the way. Yeah. Uh, somebody that you've over time associated with. Correct. I've kind, of, I've kind of adopted him as my, you know, mentally challenged younger brother. Correct. Yeah. When you have an opportunity to compare notes on teams, I believe you played on the team recognized as the national champion, correct? Correct. We should have won two in a yeah, row. I know. But we didn't. I understand. You were 23-1 and one in those games. Correct. Yeah. Team you lost to, well, they, they probably weren't on the well, that's a different story. What, they weren't on probation? No. Barry, Barry Switzer coached Oklahoma team, really? Come on. Do you, know the, do you know the backup quarterback who was hurt that didn't play the game? Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman. Correct. Yeah. So it broke but, his but, leg. But kudos to Barry to, you know, reach out to UCLA coach and get him a shot, and obviously the rest is history. So Yeah. Uh, in a point-counterpoint, what made 86, now 94 special in its own way. It's not but, that special. But in 86, yeah, you can pick up from there. Well, I mean, first of all, you have to understand, like, in the context of 85, we were undefeated, and we should have won the national championship. We turned the ball over, what, three times inside yeah. the 20. We didn't really get anything done, you know, done offensively. You know, we had some really good players there, but they just we just turned the ball over. And you know, as you move up the food chain, certainly in college and the pros, the more you turn it over in championship games, you're not going to win. Right. But we felt like we okay. So Jamel Holloway led the country in rushing that year. He had minus six yards rushing against us. Right. Okay. So like we did our part, but the offense just couldn't couldn't get out of their own way. So then that led into the '86 season, which. You know, we felt we were the best team in the country, and you know we had a lot of confidence. We had a lot of players coming back, and 
you know, we just felt like it was ours to lose and we weren't going to lose it. Okay. Serious question now. Um, times have changed. Transfer portal exists. Players now, if you're really good, you're going to the NFL after year three. Now, the rules were different back in your era. Correct. One of the important elements that made 86 special was the commitment of the fifth-year players, you among them, to say, we're coming back. Because they could have gotten their degree and gone. Correct. That was the rule back then. Correct. Could you have kept that team together today, knowing the personalities on that team and knowing what the rules are today? So the hypothetical, it's a hypothetical. Uh, it's a difficult question. Well, well, I think it's it's not di- that difficult. I think the era was different. I think the guys on that team it were, you know, kind of old school people at heart. Yeah. Their parents were. It was kind of like they didn't. There was a lot of unfinished business, so to speak. Yes. So I, I think I think in that regard. Um, I think it would be difficult. I mean, the era is obviously a different era, right? The guys today are bigger, stronger, faster, whatever, but it's still football, right? I said to Keith on the way up here, I said, you know, I don't understand the whole portal thing. I mean, I don't understand, like, so let me get this straight. So you with guys for four years, you know, some of your best friends, I mean, some of my best friends to this day are former Penn State right. teammates of mine. Right. You know, Tim, Sweeney, and Shane Connell will be here later tonight, but and those are two of them, right? So... Right. Like, I don't understand, like, why you'd be at a school for four years and then all of a sudden you transfer and go somewhere else. And I, I just don't and, – and there's no an, right answer for it, but I, I just don't understand, like, why someone would do – I just don't. And I haven't talked to any of the kids, the Penn State kids, like, why they're doing that. It just makes no sense to me. If I had to pick a guy on, on that team, you'd say, hey, Shane Conlon would have been that guy. I, I kind of felt like when he said he was coming back, I felt like the dominoes yep. follow, followed after that. And look, he could have gone, sure. Because if uh, if he, you know, all he had to do was make sure that if he had his degree by May, which he was on track to do, yep, right, he could have gone. So the option was there, yep. And he said no because he wanted to come back. Yeah, well, the option was and, there for me too. Right, by the way. Oh, I know that. No, because I said that. The, I said that earlier. Yeah, that, because 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 that, back then, and I'm not sure if they have it now, but back then, if you remember, they had the supplemental draft. Yes. So right. Yeah. So the year that Bosworth, yeah, so, like Bernie Kosar was the supplemental yeah, it, draft so guy. So Bosworth you, yeah, was. Yeah, as long as you graduated, like yeah. in the years, the four years you were there, right. you had that option, and I chose not to do it. But I mean, for Shane, I mean, to me, there, there was no, and he was my roommate at the time, so there was no doubt there were all those guys were coming back. Bobby right. White and Schaefer and you know Duffy Cobbs and Ray Ice and all those guys. I mean, they, they were Donnie Graham. I mean, right. one after the other. I mean, Timmy no, Johnson. Timmy Johnson. There's no doubt all those guys are coming back. All right. It, it, it's interesting because, obviously, you know, I, I, I grew up in that era as well, too. I mean, I go back to 1980, for goodness sakes. I just, I understand why some people want to do it. I got it because the money is so big right now. But I can honestly, I can honestly say, and I would never be in this position. I don't have the athleticism to ever even think about it. But if I were in that position, I couldn't even conceive leaving early. Well, I, I think you I, mean, know, I can understand the money. I got sure, it. But sure, sure. Like, but, 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 but you got to understand, the money was huge back then. Yeah, yeah. For that era, it was sure. Okay, so, all right. So you know, Shane grew up with you know, you know, two brothers and a sister in a three bedroom house in Frewsburg, New York. And I, his, I, his, his, he's the eighth pick I, in the draft. Right. And I've been to Frewsburg. So yeah. I know. Right. And his dad, you know, state trooper. Mom didn't work. Right. Yeah. But his contract, I think, was four years. Two point five million dollars, eight hundred guaranteed. Like, 
that's a generational wealth right. creation event right. in 1987 or 1886, yes. right? right? So there might be more zeros attached now, but but the but it's numbers all are rel- still, it's all yeah, relative. it's all relative. I mean, the numbers are staggering, right? So, yeah. um, I mean, to me, I, I just think about it where, like, it, it shouldn't be necessarily about that. I mean, I chose to come back for my fifth right. year, got hurt, and you know, it cost me a lot of money in yeah. the NFL, right? I so I know it did. which is which is fine. Like, so if kids now, you know, I hear people say, well, you know, why would the kid like you know not come back for his last year, or whatever? I'm like, if he's really truly dedicated to the whole football thing. You know, things can happen. We didn't have insurance policies back then. We didn't have right. there was a there was a, there's a huge safety net now, which we didn't have back then. What's interesting about about that is that you all commit to come back, and but you didn't really. I mean, did you have any member of your family come up to you at any point saying maybe you ought to go? No, no. I See, mean, they didn't think that way either. No, no. Well, we got so I got a phone call at the time. So I got a phone call from. Carl Peterson, who was the general manager of the Chiefs, yeah. and he called me and he said, "Hey, if you since I, we, you, we know you're eligible for the draft because you graduate, you're, gonna, you're graduating. We're gonna pick. We'd like to take you in the third or in the third round of the draft." Right. So I called Joe. I called Joe and I said, "This is what Carl Peterson said." He's like, "Okay, well, we're gonna call Dick Steinberg." So at the time, Dick Steinberg was the guy for New England. And just remember, Joe's. And I'll just I didn't want to cut you off, but. Joe always said, hey, look, let me call people I trust. Correct. And I'll get a read for you. So in other words, you weren't being stopped. He was oh, trying no. to help. Oh, no, no. He, was he was trying to help. He was absolutely trying to help. Right, so, just like he helped Blackledge and he helped Munchak. Correct, correct. So it was kind of like his whole thing was, all right, well, let's just, well, I'll, I'll call a couple of my guys. Like, yeah. okay, fine, right? And, so, and Dick Steinberg was yes, always one yes. of them. Yes, and so, so I went to Joe's office. It was Joe and I, Dick Steinberg on the phone. He, he, you know, Joe said to me, "Just tell Dick what what Carl told you." So Dick goes, "Okay, all right, Kansas City uh, third round pick. Yeah, they need a linebacker, whatever." He's like, "That's about right." So Joe's like, "Okay, so what do you think?" So Dick goes, "Listen," he goes, "The difference between you and Shane Collin is minimal, right. and the fact is he's going to be taking the top ten picks in the draft." You're, you should be a first rounder next year if all things go equally. Right. And and I'm like, okay, that's about right. You know, but if you get hurt, <laughs> which right. I did, which did, it's a big deal, right? So, and we didn't have anything, and there was nothing in place. I'm not sure about the kids now, but there was nothing in place where if you had an injury, which would sidetrack you or or take you out of like where you probably should have went. I'm not sure if they have that now or they, they well they, they yeah, definitely I mean, have it they didn't I mean, have it you, then. You can get insurance now. Yeah. I mean you yeah. you can definitely get insurance policies now. So it's Yeah, so so you know, so my dad was my high school coach and you know, obviously he like loved Joe and Sue, whatever, and he's you know, I told him I was gonna go see Joe and he said, Well what do you say? And I you know, we told him and so Joe looked at me and he goes, What do you think? I said, Well I should probably come back then. He goes, Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, I call my dad, and it's like now it's like I think the parents are, you know, a little out of control for sure. And I'm a parent of five kids, so I can say that. Like, I mean, to me, I don't understand. It's not about the – when I hear, like, people talk about sports, it's all about the parents. It's not yeah. about the kids, which is insane. I, 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 it, it, oh, Shane, Shane, it. Shane Conlon, oh it, it, that's god. a god. Oh, my God. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Just it never ends. We were talking about Frewsburg, New York. We were talking about beef on wick sandwiches. <laughs> uh, 
when I, I asked that you know, you're around this all the time, you know, and you and I did the show for you. We loved it. Yes. Me, you and I had a blast. We had too much fun. <laughs> we actually had too much fun. And by the way, we got paid to do that. <laughs> I, well, what people don't realize is that, you know, there are seven segments, okay, yeah. which means there are six breaks. Correct. We probably had more fun in those than we did. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> what do you think of it of this year's team? I mean, it's interesting because James said something interesting when I was talking to him about ten days ago, and he said it's amazing how you know, now we win nine games and people are disappointed. Correct. That's kind of a good thing about where the program is. What do you think about this this current team? I, you know, the thing about it, which I I, I find very interesting, is that they're very young, they're very athletic. Um, and that there's almost like no fear, and it's like if you want to be a championship caliber team, in my opinion, yeah. you don't have. You, there should be no fear. You should like do your stuff, get coached up, and then do what you're supposed to be doing. And uh, you know, there were times last year where you know there was hesitation, and then all of a sudden it's kind of like it, they turned it on in certain situations which i thought was interesting yeah. and i think more of it it's more about experience and doing it play in play out series in series out and i mean i'm excited for the kids i, I really i really am and uh, james and the staff i mean yeah. I, I think he's got a great staff and yeah you know i'm, I'm a big fan so yeah no obviously i'm a big fan i because i mean in watching him every single day you become a big fan watching them every day which i get the chance to do so then you really understand why Correct. I want to do something. Correct. Gina Oriema said something interesting at the women's basketball final four. And he said, I think there are some coaches out there that fear now coaching their kids, their players, because of, you know, the transfer portals and everything yep. like that. Do you get concerned about that, that there's so much movement? I don't give a crap, movement? quite frankly. I really don't care. I mean, I, I to me, again, we talked about earlier. Yeah. I, I don't understand, like, why they would do that. And I think that at the end of the day, it's like, you know, Joe would say, basically paraphrasing him, he would say, we're going to go with the guys who are with us. You know, it would be like the recruiting stuff. We're, we're always we're always top ten in recruiting right? because we selected certain guys and we right. wanted those guys. And it's like, don't let's let's worry about the guys we have which versus what, the guys that we, we lost which, or they're not right. showing up. Which I, I talked about when the Stevens thing came up. I said, look, I said, let's talk a lot about Sean Clifford. I'd rather talk about people who are here and people who Correct. aren't. Yeah. yeah. That's really been my attitude about it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you a great story. So, so I'm, I guess it's like in 1980, I guess it's 85 maybe or 86, we're recruiting a certain running back out of Harrisburg, New Jersey, who had a, or Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, who had a 10 year, con, you know, 10 year pro We career, know exactly who you speak of. Who I despise. Yes. And if you, if you were right now, it would be, we'd be throwing hands. But yeah. so he came up for a recruiting visit, one of the top recruits in the country. Yep. Made a jackass out of himself. Yeah. Obviously, Sunday morning, you know, Joe wants to know, like, okay, so what was with this kid or whatever? And we basically pulled our scholarship from this one kid. Mm-hmm. And he has going to Notre Dame, having a good career or whatever. Played in the NFL for 10 years, but, like, he was not a Penn State guy. Oh, Michael, Robin- but- Michael Robinson went through the same thing. He and Matt Rice were the guy that is still in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Right now, running back. Yep. All right? Came in there. Said Joe, not our kind of guy. Joe said, "Boom, no scholarship for him." Yeah. So, so, so what it was is like back in the day, it was it was not there was no social media, there was no internet, right? So it was kind of like when, of course, they asked Joe the question, like, "Well, are you, 
are you unhappy, you know, whatever. I can't, I can't remember the guy's name. I think it was Ricky Waters, I think, yeah, is yeah, what his name yeah, was. It might have been, yeah. Right? Was kind of, well, you know what? We wish him well, and glad he's going to Notre Dame, and we'll see him every season. And, by the way, when I played, we were 4-1 against Notre Dame. Yeah, that's right. Right? We were 4-1 against yeah. Alabama. Yeah. I like, remember. Yeah, yeah. I was a witness. You were there. That's right. You were, I was <laughs> you were a witness to history. <laughs> I was a witness to history. <laughs> Good history. That, that, was, that was back in the day. I was the third announcer on the network at that point. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I was the third announcer on the network during your era. Well, who, I, were the, who were the first two? Uh, it was Gil Santos, John Grant, and me. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Sure. I remember those names. And then, uh, You're much better looking, though. Oh, on radio, <laughs> I always am. <laughs> My good friend, great to see you. Yeah. It was a pleasure. There will be no, there'll be no, there'll be no Shane Conlon rebuttal tonight. Yeah, I don't know about that. He's, he's afraid to get on the air, but. <laughs> he told, I said, I said, you live in Sewickley. I said, I said, Jack lives in Sewickley. He says, no, I live in the poor section. <laughs> <laughs> well, he can have me laughing for hours, okay? Hours. Trey Bauer. Pivotal part of the 1986 National Championship team. Uh, and uh, just one of the great guys out there, Trey Bauer. It's been one of the, he's, you know, he's been back here in State College now for a while. And it's been really, really great having him back. Because now, obviously, I get to see him a lot more. All right. Tomorrow, we're going to uh, turn our attention to what you do. That's drive into the games and park. Bill Morschbacher is going to join us from Police Services tomorrow to talk about and discuss Run Your Route. It's a logical plan. I mean, it's completely logical, although people have complained about it. And I, I've told groups when I've spoken to the groups, I said, look, I said, why don't you do it first and then see if you have any complaints? Let's try it out. You know, give it a chance. And we'll talk with Bill about that. Tomorrow. Also, Neil Kulong on the show tomorrow, later in the week, our high school roundtable. Cam Miller, Pro Football Focus, will be on later in the week. we got Phillies on the air and, uh, of course, high school football and Penn State football. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, on News Radio 1070 WKOK.